This is the podcast for the journal Neuropsychopharmacology. I'm Cynthia Graber. Interest is growing in the use of the psychedelic drug LSD for psychiatric research and even potentially for treatment. But placebo-controlled studies conducted to date have used just one dose of the drug. None have investigated the impacts of a variety of dosages within the same subjects. In addition, past studies did not use pharmaceutically defined dosages of LSD, which has made verifying the effects of a particular dose difficult. To address this gap, Matthias Lierti, professor in the Department of Clinical Pharmacology and Toxicology at the University of Basel in Switzerland, and his colleagues conducted a study which was recently published in the journal Neuropsychopharmacology. They designed a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled crossover study with 16 healthy participants. Each participant received each of the treatment conditions. They took LSD at 25, 50, 100, and 200 micrograms, as well as an inert placebo. And the highest dose was administered with and without a serotonin receptor antagonist called ketonserin. Ketonserin blocks what is considered to be the key receptor that mediates hallucinogens, but blocking that receptor hadn't been tested for LSD in humans. So overall, we had six treatment conditions that were counterbalanced in these uh, 16 subjects, but each of the subjects had all six conditions. So you could say it's only 16 healthy subjects, but because this was a within subjects comparison, it's actually quite a big study in terms of administrations of these different doses. So take me through the methods of the study. How did it work? Each treatment session was 24 hours long. The subjects ingested in the morning a uh, vial containing either LSD or the placebo and one hour before they got either placebo or the ketonserin capsules. And then they stayed at the research site uh, for the 24 hours and we measured subjective effects, mostly using visual analog scales that were repeatedly uh, completed. So in, let's say, one hour intervals. At the same time, uh, we also measured the concentration of LSD in the blood. Um, so matched with the subjective effects. And um, after the sessions, we measured uh, subjective effects again using questionnaires that were designed to capture the specifics of a psychedelic response, mostly using the five dimensions of altered states of consciousness scale and the mystical experience scale. Okay, so each participant took part in six sessions. There was a washout for at least 10 days between sessions. Their subjective and biological responses were measured. And what did you find? We mostly observed a dose-dependent increase in subjective effects, as can be expected. Higher doses produce a stronger effect. We saw a ceiling effect, meaning that at the dose of 100 micrograms of LSD, the positive effects of LSD were already maximized. So increasing the dose further to 200 micrograms did not produce an overall more positive response, you could say. However, what we also saw that at the higher dose, there was an increase in what you could call the really psychedelic specific or typical effects, which include what's called uh, ego dissolution. So when subjects were asked regarding their body experience and their self, they responded that they felt that the boundaries between themselves and their surroundings were starting to disappear out of body experiences, losing the self. So these really psychedelic typical effects were further increasing at the highest dose compared to the 100 microgram dose. 
Boratti at uh, a price, which was that uh, subjects also had a little bit more anxiety. So typically, these psychedelic states, the full experience is associated also with somewhat more anxiety. Blood pressure also increased, actually, with all the higher doses starting at 50 micrograms of LSD. So there were some adverse effects, including a moderate increase in heart rate, blood pressure, and body temperature, which was not really strictly dose-dependent. It was moderate at all the higher doses. We saw some nausea, some headaches uh, in, the, in these healthy subjects. So some adverse effects were present as well. There is, of course, a placebo session. But based on what you wrote in the paper, the participants seemed to know when they received the placebo. And hasn't that always been a stumbling block for making a case for medical use? How are placebo-controlled studies for a drug like LSD even possible? So in this specific study, since we had many different doses, we asked the patients to describe what they thought they had had. And what we saw that um, subjects were not really fully capable of distinguishing placebo from 25 micrograms of LSD. And also they had problems distinguishing the lowest dose, 25 micrograms, from the highest dose given in addition with the blocker. So essentially the ketonserine blocked the LSD response down to the effects of the lowest dose of LSD, and the two conditions could more or less not be distinguished. So we had a very good blinding, you could say, for the lowest dose of LSD compared to the highest dose with the blocker and compared to the placebo. Similarly, if we look at the higher dose range, um, the 200 microgram dose could not be fully distinguished from the 100 microgram dose. So Within these different doses, there, were actually, there was actually quite a good blinding, um, you could say, for the higher doses compared with each other and the lowest doses. Now, for any clinical study, um, besides from such a study with multiple doses, this means that it is virtually impossible to blind the effects of a high dose with an inert placebo. What you could do instead is in including into a clinical study in patients uh, at dose response, meaning you have a high dose, an intermediate dose, and then maybe also a placebo and even an inert one. So that will be an important part for showing efficacy in a clinical study, that you have an integrated dose response. So you could argue that uh, the blinding is improved. And so how might the results of the study be applicable in a clinical setting? First of all, we do know from comparative studies with patients, observations in patients in Switzerland, for example, who are in uh, compassionate use programs, that the acute effects in our healthy subjects and in patients are relatively comparable. So at 100 micrograms, we will see similar acute effects in patients and in healthy subjects. Accordingly, to some extent at least, we think that we can predict uh, that also in patients we should see mostly positive experiences with 100 microgram and maybe more eager dissolution with 200 micrograms. However, as a limitation of the present study, it's clear this was done in healthy subjects. And once we move to patients, we need to reconfirm that the effects are similar. It could be that, for example, patients who have many medications 
who are treatment resistant or on many treatments for depression, for example, that they may need higher doses. Patients with cancer and pain and anxiety, they may need higher doses to have this experience of ego dissolution. So to some extent, we can predict already what doses can be used in patients, but this needs to be confirmed in uh, clinical studies in patients, actually. Is there any potential therapeutic role for the doses at the low end of what you tested? Probably the 50 microgram dose could be used as a starting dose in any patient or subject who has no experience with psychedelics or even no experience with any such psychoactive substances. Uh, furthermore, in patients who may be anxious to have a full psychedelic experience, so it could be considered a starting dose and it would be equivalent almost to the standard psychedelic doses that are being used recreationally. So uh, even in a therapeutic setting, it could be the first dose being used. Why is it important in this paper that the doses of LSD are pharmaceutically defined and are stable. We really need to be aware of the fact that these novel substances are not yet provided by industry, and if academics produce them, um, we need to be aware that it may not always be correct what's what's in the papers in terms of, of dosing. And even in our own group, we realized that in the past, when we had a 100 microgram dose, that in retrospect, we realized that this was actually 70 micrograms only. So with this modern study, we can say these are really uh, correct doses. It's from a scientific point of view, it's obviously very important that you know the exact doses that you're being using. Yes. This is the podcast for the journal Neuropsychopharmacology. To read the articles discussed in the podcast, go to www.nature.com/npp. I'm Cynthia Graber.